You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. I have never been a very good golfer, and I'm even worse at top golf because there's an audience and alcohol involved. But I'm excited to introduce today's guest, who came up with this wild idea of turning a high-rise bar into a driving range. It is the epitome of cool and has been a huge success. So let's find out how he did it. I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Wells Show. This interview was done live at Singularity University's Global Summit in San Francisco last month. You may have heard about Singularity through its famous founders, Peter Diamandis and Ray Kurzweil. Singularity University has a new campus in the Silicon Valley and is not only a business incubator, it's a global community that uses cutting-edge exponential technologies to tackle the world's biggest challenges. And I'm so honored to have the executive chairman of Singularity University with us here today on The Real Wealth Show. Eric Anderson is the founder and chief executive officer of West River Group since 2002. Anderson is also the executive chairman of Top Golf Entertainment Group. So, Eric, welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Thank you. It's great to be here. I see you were named as one of Goldman Sachs' top 100 most intriguing entrepreneurs. Yes, that's true. I, two years, I guess, yeah. Two years in a row, me too. I won that award in 2012 and 2013 for the work we were doing after the housing crisis because we were going into neighborhoods that were just lined with foreclosures and we were encouraging investors to go in and buy them and fix them up and make those neighborhoods safe again. Oh, great. What a party. I wish I could go back. It is a good party. So tell me your involvement with Singularity University. Well, I'm the executive chairman. My investment group, we're also the largest investor in Singularity. So we're working with them both to capitalize the company, but I work with the leadership team and Ray and Peter and the board to move the company forward. So exciting. So what are the breakthrough technologies you're most excited about today? I know that's a hard question. Well, I'm very focused on AI. That's not probably a surprising uh, answer either, but we're really just you know, learning about how man and machine, right, and computers in that regard are going to really work together. And what I'm hoping is that we sort of learn from the social media experience that we have to think more deeply about what the consequences or unintended consequences of this is, because there's many great parts to it. We're all connected, right? But then, you know, how do you make sure there's good information, good quote unquote? So I hope we learn from that that we're really looking at AI, that we appreciate what's good, but we really try to think deeply about how to minimize negative consequences. Minimizing the negative, that sounds like a tall order. How do you even begin to control that? Yeah, I don't know how to, you know, how to control this. It's hard for governments to decide around the world, let alone our government, all of them to figure this out. So hopefully we'll just think deeply, right? And, and be thoughtful. It's going to happen. You know, we're, we're not going to stop the development of the technology. Nothing has stopped the development of technology in history, right? Not famine, not wars. It sort of inexorably proceeds. But I think we are getting, you know, we can do better about thinking about it. Sure. Now, you're the CEO of Topgolf. Executive chairman. I have been the CEO. Right now, I'm the executive chairman of Topgolf. So what an interesting contrast of something so fun and then talking about robots that could control the world. I guess that was just my personal journey. I had an investment company that focuses on global innovation, and Topgolf was a form of innovation, obviously in a sport, and we decided to keep investing that, not sort of sell it. So I ended up being active in that for a long time, building that. 
And then we kept building you know, our innovation investment platform, and that led us to Singularity. So I think the common theme there is a real focus on innovation. We have thousands of investors who listen to this show. Um, many of them invest in real estate as a safe place, potentially, to put their money. Do any of your organizations also make real estate a part of the investment? Does Top Golf own its properties? Maybe we own one or two. In general, we have leased them and then, you know, work with uh, REIT financing vehicles. Your audience probably, you know, maybe invests in REITs that, you know, are investing in Topgolf. But our general strategy around real estate at Topgolf has been to, uh, to lease the properties. Interesting. So, again, we have lots of investors listening, most of them in the Silicon Valley. It's been an interesting development where companies can be worth billions of dollars but have no profit. What would you say would be the most important things for investors to look for today when um, the fundamentals are changing so much or maybe not even there? (laughs) Well, I I think there's a few uh, elements that I would look at. One is to start at the top. You know, is it a large audience? Who's the customer base? My view is the most defensible long-term asset is a direct-to-consumer company. So the, and the most valuable companies in the world, Facebook, Amazon, Google, they are all direct to the consumer. The consumer is not going away, right? You and I aren't, aren't going away. And the fact having the relationship, now how we get it, whether we go to the store at Nordstrom's or whether someone brings it to us in a drone, that's a decision for us. But that connection, so I think that's an enduring asset. Uh, so I think that's one of the most important things. The other element would be, you know, are there actually margins in the business? So if it's not making money, but it's making money, you know, sort of at the unit economic level, then that's really another very important thing. I think another really good test is to look at um, how much cash is used and how much cash has been used, how much revenue did it create. Now, these are not traditional, you know, EBITDA you know, sort of, you know, near-term return on capital ideas. But you can kind of get a sense of if they're creating a lot of revenue and that revenue is creating margin and it's not using that much cash, then either at some point in time those will probably cross or that would be a very attractive acquisition candidate for a company that has scale because they have all the infrastructure, um, doesn't take a lot of cash to generate the revenues and they'd have gross margin. So you kind of have to look around the income statement stack and then understand how the balance sheet interacts with that. Interesting. We are actually building a wine village in Shasta, right? Really? Um, Oh, well, you know, and that was the idea was to have it be direct to consumer. Yes. That's pretty exciting. It sounds like the wine village is like trying to create like a mini Napa Valley with some, with maybe some different wine tasting capabilities. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, the idea was that there's so many great wineries that are not in Napa. There are? No. <laughs> Napa. Oh, there's a couple. <laughs> but oh, but uh, like hidden in the hills that no one yeah. will ever go to, so they have to go through a distributor who takes a lot. Uh, yeah. Right. So we thought this was kind of on the way to Shasta, and it still is on the way to Shasta. It's right off the freeway, but then the fires burned a lot of things in that area, so we're, we're uh, a little delayed on the project. But that was the idea that these really good wineries that are hidden, people can come and taste them all in one place. Yeah, no, that's great. That, that creates that experience, right? So mm-hmm. that's that's what Top Golf is, right? It's, it's an experiential economy. So when you figure out a way with whatever idea, that sounds like a great one where you create an experience. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a really important, you know, inv- that's an important investment theme as well. 
Now, one of the things I always wondered about at Top Golf was how you combine alcohol with swinging metal clubs. I always wondered that because there's no barrier. And so how do you get insurance for something like that? Or how do you get financing? It's not as dangerous as skiing. I mean, <laughs> well, safety's first at Top Golf. Um, so it's actually quite carefully designed, you know, with spills or tumbles in mind. So while there's no barrier, there's, you know, there's a net out in front um, that should catch you should you, you know, unfortunately do that. We, we have the lines pretty well marked that if they're swinging here, you should stand here. Right. You know, don't get, don't get too close. Yeah. But, you know, uh, when we have tens of millions of visitors, the law of large numbers, you know, yeah. somebody does something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. I love Top Golf, though, even though I'm really, really bad at it. So kind of back to real estate. And I mean, again, our investors look at real estate as a place that generates cash flow. You can't create more of it, supposedly. But now I'm wondering, after hearing everything today, maybe you can create more land. Maybe we're actually going to be developing on other planets. Uh, but it, where would you say, given we, where we are in the recession, how can investors still invest in the future while protecting their wealth? Oh, boy. So I am. Um, well, I think a lot about this, uh, even from my own personal balance sheet. So here's maybe I'll tell you how I've thought about it. Maybe that'll be interesting for, for people. Um, so I, I think you have to realize that the safest place to be is probably in the innovation economy. Because that's where the only real growth is. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean it will always go up. And it doesn't mean if you buy now, it might not go down somewhere. But I think even Warren Buffett, right, the other day said that Amazon is a value company, right? Is it a value investment? That's quite an amazing statement for someone like Warren Buffett, yeah. you know, who invested in Coca-Cola, for example. Yeah. So I think you have to have exposure to the global innovation economy. Now, there's a lot of ways to do that. You can go do, you know, Tesla. Right? Or you can look into companies that are really spending a lot of time you know, in innovation. And some of those have nice you know, you know, cash-on-cash embedded yields. I mean, Disney does some interesting comp cash. You can look at these companies and say, I think embedded in that, they're making money. They're just investing it. But I think you have to have exposure to the global innovation economy. I sort of use a barbell after that myself as I say, okay, if I'm there, you know, then, you know, what are, you know, what are areas which I think are defensible sectors that you can deal with? And it's always hard to beat a diversified, you know, portfolio, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my good colleague, Gary Brinson, who led a lot of that work, you know, it's hard to beat, you know, a low-fee, diversified, you know, portfolio. But it's, risk is a hard thing to define all the time. It's over what time period, you know, what are you trying to risk? You know, what risk aren't you going to take? Because you always take some risk. So I know a lot of our listeners are also young. We've got some millennials who are just getting started in life. How did you get started and what would you say would be some sage advice to, to people who you know, come to something like Singularity University and really want to make a difference? Well, I was pretty patient in a way early on. So I, I worked with some really good companies in what I might call good brands, was Goldman Sachs, Booz Allen, different places where I learned, I think, some good principles and learned from some good people. So one strategy is, 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 are you around some, you know, some brands that you think you're going to get some good practice and, you know, some good early fundamentals? Then I think, I just believe in keeping a pretty low cost structure, which is to say, don't overbuy either cars or houses. 
because then you can actually invest your time in you know either in startups or in your own career or spending time you know working on a company in your garage so balance you know your cost structure and then the other thing i did early on which was my best investment is when i was very young like early 20s if i could get it done for 20 dollars an hour then i had somebody else do it so i got all my time back and um, if you thought about the compounding effect of if you were to get maybe it took you three or five hours a week right to do all of your grass bills laundry grocery shopping pick a number so if you do that and you do that all the time you know in a year right you get 250 hours right so that actually turns out to be like six weeks of extra time like which is an amazing amount of time and if you do that for 30 years right you get 180 weeks you get three years so my number one investment was keep a low cost structure and then anything I didn't want to do. So if you like doing dishes, because I was pretty sure that since everybody does dishes, it was the most fun thing to do in the world. <laughs> right. But if you didn't like to do it, pay somebody else to do it and get all your time back. And that made a huge difference for me. Especially if that person's better at it than you. I'm a terrible house cleaner. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, just all of that, yeah. Yeah. That's what I tell a lot of people starting out. Do the, give away the thing that you're just not good at and don't like to do. Uh, I was terrible at bookkeeping as well, and that was a game changer for us starting our business. Wonderful. All right. Well, any last suggestions? I mean, do you invest in real estate? Sure. I, yeah, I, I look at real estate. That hasn't been my primary point because I my own strategy which fit sort of my own risk appetite was I was very long global innovation. And then I sort of um, had a view that utilities, you know, I still think utilities are a great investment in a low interest rate environment because the regulatory environment, it doesn't push the cost of capital down low enough. So there's actually, you know, a, a, a real return, I think, in the utility market. Even today after all the fires in California? I didn't say bye by the California utility. <laughs> Maybe it is a goodbye time with it being low. Who knows? All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your wisdom with us. That was great. Thank you. Enjoyed it. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. You can listen to this and any past episodes at realwealthshow.com.